0: The Football kickoff With Sky Watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sports
1: Yeah, it's all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports, BT Sport and Premier Sport and I'm delighted to say we've got David Connolly with us David, good afternoon to you Good afternoon, Jay, how are you? I'm very well, also Shane Hannon with us Shane, how are you? Good afternoon, good afternoon, David uh, David, you should know how about is. Shane that he's a Manchester United fan a died in the wall, yes. a match-goer from time to time and uh and so he's very excited life has changed it's well, sort of one yeah. of those sliding doors moments where life is good again
2: well i guess uh, for shane and everyone else um the good news is it's done right and, uh, finally so they can start planning and uh you know looking ahead to next season i spoke to a friend in holland today you know got a little bit of insight on him which we which i'm sure we'll touch on but he's got an awful lot to sort out right goodness me
0: uh, it's, it's a laundry it's, it's not a good time to be a United fan, lads. It's it's, <laughs> it's 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 really like i was speaking to a, a fellow United um, fan mate last night, and he was uh, he was not optimistic. He says um, that he, he doesn't think United will win any of the remaining Premier League games this season. There'll be a couple of draws thrown <laughs> in there, but the United fans have reached have reached the bottom of the barrel. But hopefully, Ten Hag is is the brighter future ahead.
1: Well, surely the the fact that as David points out, Shane a decision has been made. The uncertainty is over, at least. And it's
0: like, I think the, the positive thing is that Ten Hag seems to have been the man, like, judging from different, you know, pieces written in the athletic and stuff during the week on, on the, the search to get Ten Hag, he seems to be the man that impressed the most. I know they spoke to Pachino and laptegi as well, but he's clearly a man that's come with a plan that probably ripped up the script when he went to meet John Murdo and these lads in the, in the interviews. Um, probably didn't hold back as well in terms of the changes he wants to make in that squad and the, the dead wood. And let's be honest, and we will get into it, there is a lot of dead wood in that United squad. Um, but by all accounts he is the positive he is the positive appointment and um, I mean look it can only it can only get better and, and the fact that he's you know Steve McLaren is probably someone that, that has been moot, mooted as a number two the fact that he's been at Old Trafford before he knows the club I mean we'll see how that goes but uh, yeah it's interesting
1: David I do have to say the old cliche that it can only get better isn't actually true in football <laughs> things could get much worse this could, this, yeah.
2: this could be another shit show we don't know yeah you're you're right it could be however um uh just looking back right previous years there was a really good piece in the in the local manchester paper i think every year that that united didn't qualify for the champions league and shame will notice i think 2014 16 and 19 they spent the most ever money in the summer window now they're probably i think it was around 140 150 million now they could easily spend that on one player and that wouldn't maybe be enough that's the challenge now. Um, however, you know, talking to my friends in Ireland, they were saying, um, you know, Ten Hag is a, is a tracksuit. He's not a manager. He's a tracksuit coach. You know, prides himself on the training ground, being on the grass. And you would say, amongst everything else, that is where United have to do a lot of work because, you know, Sancho was one of the best players, most coveted in Europe. And what has happened to him? Same with Marcus Rashford. I mean, look, the list is endless. So you think with some of those players, if he can can get better performances out of them, like he got out of basically six Premier League casts off. I had a look, right? He took um, uh, 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 Tadic, Sebastian Allaire, Daley Blind, um, the list is endless. There's about five or six of them that he took from the Premier League, and and he got them to play fantastic football. I know of great other Dutch young talent, which they lost eventually. But the point being, you know, I think he can do a lo- an awful lot of work on the training ground, which I think I think they need, and and I think they'll th- there will be improvements. You know, Berghaus, another one who discarded from the Premier League. He he got him playing really well. So you know, there's um. I think there's green shoots there for the for, for the lads, but he's a tracksuit coach. He's not he's not a Sir Alex Ferguson, who will, you know, stand back, let someone else coach, and put the sessions on. I.e., Steve McLaren, Ten Hag will take all the sessions himself.
1: Which like it seems to be what Guardiola does Klopp obviously has had people in his uh, in his team in the past who would have done most of that uh, there was a, a split one stage between Klopp and his like the guy that was supposed to be the whisperer for his team and then they didn't miss a beat at all so um it's like making sure that the culture is correct David i think that's the main thing at manchester united it seems to be a cultural issue where people are definitely more interested in their Instagram profile and their own individual stats than they seem to be about the outcome for the team.
2: I mean, yeah, although I would say, no, no, Shane would, I'm sure, we'd want to touch on this, but, you know, being at Man United, a player at Man United, every move, every every picture you post, I mean, we saw Connor Cody this week with uh, saying to one of his players, he was on the beach, you know, publicly saying to him on Instagram, stop posting these, these pictures. I think it was to Pedro, Pedro Neto. You know, now at United, everything these lads do, because, look, when I played for Wigan, right, I joined Wigan in the Premier League, uh, and I lived in Hale, which is a little suburb of Manchester, but a lot of football players lived around that way, right? Every time you walked into a restaurant, everyone stopped and turned around to see who it was. Not because they were hoping or thinking it would be a United player, a City player, et cetera. My point being, you're not going to stop the Instagram, the social media, the millions of people, but you can still manage that. And I think as long as you're delivering on the pitch, people will accept that. The issue, I think, for United fans, and Shane's one of them, is that when people are posting and being very vocal, and and Lingard's got his little trademark, and he never plays, and you know Pogba, et cetera. I think when they're when they're not delivering, but they're all over social media. That's the issue.
1: Um, Shane, I've got United friends, United fans who are f- uh, friends, and uh, they trace the, the 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 worst moment down to the Alexis Sanchez signing because they feel that his contract actually skewed everything else that came afterwards and they're still working out the massive amounts of money that they've paid to mediocre players. Lingard is actually a symptom of that because they kept paying him new contracts to make sure that they wouldn't lose him for free, but then he never played. They're paying a goalkeeper 125 grand a week to sit on the bench and they're thinking, can we afford to sell him? Can we afford not to sell him? And the wage inflation that came because of Alexis Sanchez and the fact that he never lived up to the contract meant that everything that happened afterwards was a bit of a disaster contractually. Do you agree with that hypothesis?
0: Yeah, like I actually trace it back to Alexis Sanchez playing the piano in his uh, promo video when he was announced as a, the signing. I think from that moment on, the club were doomed. But um, no, it's probably, there's probably something in that that players demand so much money joining United that, um, like, there's a reason the likes of Erling Haaland doesn't want to join Manchester United because the club's a shit show. At the minute, it's just all over the place. And, like, we could sit here, I, I think Gary Neville used the term waste of space. Might seem a bit harsh in the heat of the moment, but. Like I was at the, I was at Old Trafford for the for the five nil drubbing earlier in the season against Liverpool, and to say that the atmosphere around the club was toxic it, it would be an understatement. Like there were, there were fans shouting at each other in the stands, United fans just verbally abusing each other, uh, verbally abusing the team, booing the team off at half time. Um, uh, there would have been some elements of that anyway, support again for the for the four 0 during the week. There's just a the toxicity around the club, and I think and I think Roy Keane touched on this as well after the match. There's just an unlikability about this United team. Um, you, like I watched Marcus Rashford at moments in that first half against Liverpool. Uh, like you're supposed to press, even in my Sunday League team here in Monaghan, you're told the nearest player to the ball presses. Uh, David was probably the same in his own Premier League career. The, the, the strikers of the first line of it, line of defence essentially press the ball. Marcus Rashford was having Bruno Fernandes and Jesse Lingard running from behind him, uh, pressing the ball. His attitude stunk. Um, look, maybe there's other things going on in his head. Maybe he needs a break from football, but he's not the only one. Harry Maguire is woeful. Uh, Ten Hag will probably get to choose who the captain is when he comes in. You'd imagine a lot of United fans want maybe David De Gea or someone of that ilk to take over the captaincy. Juan Basaka is atrocious. Um, there's just so much deadwood in this United squad. It, it And I feel sorry for them at times as well because... Against against the likes of Liverpool, they're just not they're just not good enough to compete. Liverpool are a better team. Uh, all well, eleven players. I, would sorry, not I, get I
1: go back to the point that actually it's it's bad recruitment, and it's well, it is, it's, it is. It's, it's not paying th- the right players, and it's it's not having a, a plan in place when you recruit
0: but this is the reason like, and I don't know how it's taken them until now to re- realise recruitment is a problem like you see Jim Lawler the Chief Scout Marcel Boot the, the head of Global Scouting both leave the club this week the day after the Liverpool game the day or two after the Liverpool game well, it's look, almost like that it's makes taken...
1: sense though if, if there's a new manager coming in who is going to have uh, who there is going to be some system around him to sign players he wants then the, the previous guys were not the right people for this guy so he's got to be given the opportunity to bring it in David I, I'm interested in your take on this but the, the, the atmosphere in the dressing room and what the expectation is of players. Like, I suspect you guys all knew what each other were paid roughly. Not exactly down to pounds, shillings and pence, but you kind of had a fair idea what the hierarchy was and what the pecking order was. And if players weren't pulling their weight with respect to the amount that they were earning, presumably there's a, a ripple effect from that.
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like, I think that that's... that's uh well-known, but to be honest, you, you, you know, you suffer it from, from not suffer it, you, you accept it uh, and everything gets out because, you know, players, some players at one club, you know, one agent might have six or seven players, you know, and um, you know, everyone talks. So look, the lads amongst themselves in the dressing know what, what's what's what, but to be honest, I, I'm not too sure the relevance of that, in in this particular what we're discussing here that i think i think whoever comes doesn't matter whether ten Hag comes in or somebody else those players you'll have one or two or three or four like arsenal where they get rid of an abamiang or an ozil you get those big wages off off your wage bill but but if they want to compete with your you know de bruiners and your cities and your liverpools they're going to have to pay some players the top money Absolutely, because look, Mo Salah's hanging out for, for the top money because he's he deserves it. Yeah. You know, and he'll go and get it somewhere else. Now, if United will pay him 400 grand, maybe or 500, he might go to United. I don't, I don't know. Same with Man City. You I, can't I, say that United are not going to go and pay players, um, you know, the going rate for a world class player. They will have to, otherwise they'll fall. Look, Declan Rice isn't going to come to United for the same money he's on a, at West Ham. He'll want to be on. The De Bruyne money or similar, so you know, and I think the recruitment is, I is a my, great one, is a great thing to talk about, which probably we could we could touch on a little bit. But you know, my, like recruitment changes so often, and maybe it's just taking a little bit too long to for the people behind the scenes to have a little bit of a shake up.
1: I guess the the point that my mate makes is that uh, the Sanchez deal was such a bad deal because he he had already come off his best form for Arsenal. There was a period before he signed when he wasn't uh, still, you know. Uh, Amazing, and as a result he got to the club and couldn't perform at the level that justified his salary and so everybody else's salaries had to be brought up to something similar to him and none of them were actually good enough to justify the salaries they were on so the the game got skewed the agents were able to go in and walk in and say Alexis Sanchez is on 400 grand Jesse Lingard wants 125 or 150 and Man United like okay I guess we have to give it to him because look he's actually doing better than Sanchez is at the moment and all of a sudden the wage bill reaches a point where they're one of the highest wage bills in world football, but they don't actually have the talent to just no, uh,
2: yeah, I mean look, I understand that, but, but, but by the same token, you could you could you could touch on their recruitment, right? And you're right. You give certain players that might be at their peak or past their peak. I uh, I think the biggest barometer of success in this regard would be Liverpool, because they were winning they were winning with a team that were players were just coming into their peak. Your Van Dykes and your Salah's and your Mane's, right? Now those players, you could arguably say, are still at their peak, but they're just erring on the other side of, you know, 26, 27, 28, 29. But they've supplemented it with Jota, 25, with you know Diaz, with Harvey Elliott, with looks like Carvalho from Fulham. So they've supplemented it well with, and and they won't be getting the top money because they're paying them 40 million pound transfer, not 100 million, and their wages will be probably similar to in that sort of bracket there won't be the top top but liverpool have set they've set the standard right not overpaying and and keeping the dressing room relatively happy maybe cello will have to swallow he's not going to they're not going to blow the water on him because that's their model um, I'm sure he'll—they'll make it up some way. But the point being, I think Liverpool have set the standard in terms of smart recruitment and—and and, uh, you know the fullbacks costing nothing, eight million Robertson, etc. And you look at the money wasted elsewhere. So yeah, there's—you know—it will hurt United fans, but Liverpool have probably done it—you know—a way that's. With
1: envious glances looking at it? Yeah. One last thing on this before we move on. We, we did uh, poll our uh, Instagram users. Will Ten Hag win a Premier League title? United, twenty four percent, nearly twenty five percent say yes. It'd be a bit of a miracle for this from this point to, for him to win a, a Premier League title, and if he does, it will be totally deserved. But I guess the, the point, the, the, the plus point from his perspective is that actually he's going to have a very changed squad next season already. We know that several players will be gone. We know Lingard will be gone. We know Mata, Matic. uh, There's a couple of others who are out of contract. Pogba, obviously. They're all gone. So already, a quarter of your squad is gone. There'll be a turnover. There'll be a freshness to it. You would expect that there'll be a bit of a a vibrancy about it. They'll, They'll start to play football in a style, and players will either fit that style or they won't fit that style. And I
0: suspect that both Maguire and the goalkeeper could actually be gone, Shane. I think the worry is is, is how long how long would it take for that to actually kick in? How long would it take for United to catch up? I, even before, like listening to Rangnick before the Liverpool game, he was asked how long how far behind are United? Are they, are they three or four years behind? And he said, I don't think that club like United can afford to be three or four years behind. they are probably a couple of transfer windows behind Liverpool. He had a massive change of heart after the 4-0 a few days later and said, we're probably six years behind this Liverpool team. Um so, like, it's all well and good saying that at the start of next season, yeah, Ten Hag will, will get to make some changes, the Deadwood, some of them will be gone. But how long is it going to take for this to kick in? Like, well, they
1: just need to finish fourth next year. That's progress. They just need to show some signs of progress. First season at, uh, at um, Liverpool, Klopp finished sixth. Now, he took over in November, so it wasn't quite the same. But, like, you can't expect Ten Hag to come in and magic the team into
0: title contention straight away, surely. No but trophies Trophies are important For United fans Like United fans Are crying out for A, a league cup Or an FA cup At, at this well, point in time Well I'm sorry But Europa you're league. wrong that, 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 That's
1: a problem Because they, they actually They won a Europa league And they won an FA cup uh, Under the, the previous managers And it, it turned out To be nothing It turned out to you be Actually false gods You're worshipping at the altar Of false gods <laughs> You man United fans they,
0: they sacked the manager Who won the FA cup In the lift afterwards yeah, maybe they shouldn't have sacked him But like maybe the, the fourth place in the Premier League Is obviously the priority And it, it's priority in terms of finan- finances. But it, A plan it's, it, is the priority,
1: the- I think If there's a plan And everybody believes in the plan And everybody recruits according to the plan Then you might get somewhere eventually But like winning trophies as a be-all and end-all It, it turned
0: out to be false ons. Well it, it, it's it's eternally optimistic for me to even be talking about trophies and Manchester United in the same sentence at the moment anyway but like yes top 4 is absolutely priority but if they don't get those top if they don't get top 4 if they don't start winning trophies if they don't start looking like the Manchester United of old they're not going to to attract, to attract players it's not the it's not the lure it's not the the draw that it used to be for no. some footballers obviously financially you have got the sanchezes and people like that who who know they're going to come and and and, and you know, get paid over the odds. But United have to accept that. we will. United as a club will be charged more in transfer fees. Players will look for more wages. Maybe they need to accept that. They're not going to turn into a into a Tottenham and put a wage cap in at this stage. So maybe they just need to accept that for every single purchase they make, it's going to be over the odds. Look... It, it, it's so hard to be optimistic as a United fan about anything at the moment. You, you just want this season to be over and done with, and uh, and get on with it. It's it's kind of depressing. It's
1: very good of you, Shane, to uh, to um, be so open about the depression that you Manchester United fans are feeling <laughs> at the moment. We we have a lot of sympathy. Oh wait, hang on, we have no sympathy for the United <laughs> fans. No, it's terrible. The ball's the best. Number one. It's the goat of sports apps. Talk about the greatest of
0: all time, Big Joe of all time he's the GOAT we know it I, I'm going the to say site. I'm the Djokovic of this scenario <laughs> I love it love
1: it download the OTB sports app now so Arsenal against Man United is exactly the type of figure you want if you're Man United it's the flakiest team in football who are all of a sudden believe themselves again to be geniuses after having beaten Chelsea midweek after one of the worst runs of form that we've seen from any team in the Premier League so I don't know what the hell's going to happen in this game this one kicks off BT Sport on Sunday at 12 o'clock David do you have any idea what's going to happen between Arsenal and Man United?
2: Um, well I mean look if if um, if Arsenal they play anything like they did against Chelsea I know that, that Chelsea were victims of their own downfall and people were saying well why is Christensen playing when you know he's obviously leaving the football club and maybe Tuchel has sort of made a couple of errors you know of late in terms of his selection he's been a little bit spiky but you know that front part of the pitch for Arsenal is a, is a really good part of the pitch you know it's their best you know Smith Rowe Odegaard Saka um, in Ketia I think I think Smith Rowe and Saka are, are the first ones I think since Kewl and uh, Michael Bridges to get more than 10 goals or assists each in a Premier League season you know like 10-15 years ago so those two are going great so look it's a hard one to call but but certainly they'll be buoyed by that result the other day and know that United are obviously really vulnerable at the net so you, you wouldn't back Arsenal putting one over him here Ronaldo looks like he's going to play though he's trained so that might change things a little bit
1: uh, the, we were looking this up during the week after the 5-0 um, when Manchester United were humiliated by Liverpool they went and uh, beat Spurs 3-0 the next time out so could they do the same to the other side of North London they really could Saying that's the problem here the inconsistency here
0: is that you wouldn't be terribly surprised if Man United dug something out yeah, and David used the word vulnerable there and that maybe is, is, is where United need to be to, to pick out a result like you mentioned Ronaldo's back it, it sounds like from Reinex press conference that Ryan, or uh, Ronaldo is back Varane should be back McTominay should be back as well what difference is it going to make? It's hard to know. Eric Bailly probably will get the nod, maybe in defence, because as things stand, it's just been it's just been brutal. Um, like to see Phil Jones thrown into that starting eleven against Liverpool was just you held your hands up at that point, and you might as well have handed the, the three points to, to Liverpool because he just hasn't played enough. Um, like, but then again, it's resurgent Arsenal as well. Like those those defeats to Palace, Southampton, and Brighton, um, like they've lost their last two at home they will not want to lose three, three in a row at home. That's that's not exactly a good run for Miguel Arteta when they're looking for that top top four position. But I, I just, I can't, it, it's hard to see, it's hard to see past a draw in this game because both okay. teams... Both teams needed so much uh, and Lenny was excellent during the week he got that win against Chelsea and I kind of like this this Arsenal team like you saw Ramsdale waving goodbye to the, to the Chelsea fans yeah. after that winner went in it's, it's a likeable Arsenal team but I think a draw is probably the way to go in this All one Alright and uh, sitting on
1: the fence and that's the best place for it at this <laughs> stage Man City versus Watford kicks off at 3 o'clock on Saturday uh, David it's very hard to analyse this in anything other than a routine 3-0 maybe 5-0 win for Manchester City
2: Yeah, I'd I'd agree, you know, um, I think everyone thought maybe the Brighton game might be um, a potential sort of banana skin because, you know, normally Pep talks up Graham Potter and then beats him or something similar like that. Um, But they got the job done in the end and, uh, you know, Brighton made it difficult. But no, I can't see anything other than than, um, a home victory here. Although Watford were decent last time out, you know, they put up a bit of a fight. They scored a good goal from Emmanuel Dennis. Um, but they're not going to have enough to stop uh, to stop Man City here. You know, I think I think Diaz came back on, didn't he, uh, midweek? So he's fit again. Um, so no, a comfortable home victory. Um,
1: where are City at the moment? They, they, that game was important for everybody just to see that they haven't been in any way psychologically scarred by what happened the previous week. But from their perspective, like everybody's talking about Liverpool and the quadruple, but like. Man City are still you know going pretty well in uh, two of the main competitions that they really really care about and make them favourites for the league and like look Real Madrid obviously not going to be in any way easy but if they get over that they're not going to fear Liverpool in the Champions League final or Villarreal if they happen to make it like it's right there for Man City to have their greatest season ever too but everybody's talking about Liverpool in the quadruple at the moment
2: yeah, I mean, I think obviously the lead they had, right, psychologically. You know, we're all human, and uh, um, to lose what 13, 14 point lead, whatever it was, you got to credit Liverpool, but also, you know, the, the the way that Liverpool played in the in the City game was outstanding. Um, but they showed the right, you know, character, played well against Brighton, um, and as you say, they can obviously still. I'd fancy them to beat Real Madrid. You know, we saw Real Madrid after the Lord Mayor show not convincing in the league. So, yeah, I wouldn't put it past City still being able to. And, and I think Roy King touched on this, didn't he, before the game uh, the other day where he he tipped City? Because, yeah, ultimately it's it, it's in their hands you yeah. know and and um, you wouldn't put it past them to, to, to win all their games
1: yeah and he's picking his full team for all the league games from now on or certainly he's picking his first choice goalkeeper for all the league games from now on so that that's... Well
2: I tell you what he should be I went to watch Gavin Bazunu live the other day and let me tell you Gavin is uh, I did a piece in the paper saying he's the Edison of you know League 1 or or whatever and they'll be they'll be yeah, Southampton they'll be West Brom yeah he was outstanding you know, and uh, um, he won't want to be on the bench for Man City, but I tell you what, I don't think he'd be too far off being the number one in a few years, that's for sure.
1: So if you were advising him, would you say, uh, try and get a move to the Premier League or Championship or a team at the top of the Championship for next season? Like,
2: Well, I, I tell you what, you touched on Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale, right? Aaron, Aaron Ramsdale went on loan to AFC Wimbledon um, 2019, kept them up, he's in, in folklore, hero now, and look at him flying at Arsenal. And I think Gavin, I'm not saying he's better than a League One, much better. And I think he he could have a loan at a Premier League. And if that's not an option, I would go one more loan in the Championship. And then I think he'd be knocking on the door to be a Premier League goalkeeper, I think.
1: I think we forget how young he is as well Like there's, there's, yeah. plenty, there's plenty of time for him get the experience get the games that's the difference between him and Queevin Keller at the moment Queven plays really well when he gets in and he's getting world class coaching and he's seeing what Alisson does day in day out but Bazunu apparently goes up to training sometimes and if he needs to work on he's in contact with the Man City uh, goalkeeping hierarchy and also is getting the games and the minutes under his belt and you can definitely see the benefits of it when he's playing for Ireland so very quickly yeah. Brentford against Spurs also on Saturday afternoon uh, this one kicks off at 5 o'clock Clock flaky, flaky Spurs. We thought we thought the chain that Spurs had reached a point now of consistency uh, under Antonio Conte, who was talking about having a full week to prepare for each game and how great it was. And then um, what? I don't know what the hell happened. A bit of jet lag from the Masters seems to have caught up with them.
0: Yeah, like that that home defeat against Brighton kind of came out of nowhere because you're you're looking at this this Brighton or this uh, Spurs team. You're seeing Harry Kane back in form, Son Kulosevsky tearing it up as well. Um, and then to get that knock, you're, you're obviously saved by the fact that Arsenal and Manchester United are so dodgy as well that you can kind of afford to slip up. But I don't know, they, they beat the beat Brentford two nil fairly handily last December. Um, but this Brentford team, and I know Jerry, you're a man who loves momentum, and you believe momentum is a is a <laughs> is a very uh, definite thing. But uh, Brentford are a team with momentum, like they have that two one win against Watford. Um, they've they've they seem to have found something in Christian Eriksen, this, this little guy no one knows. Um, but he's really added to that uh, to that Brentford attack. Norgaard as well, he's a brilliant player. But Tottenham, Tottenham are going to be Tottenham, lads. I know, Owen, I was listening to yourself and Owen Jared, during the week talking about um, how you think the top four battle is going to go. Owen, I think, picked Spurs to, to nab that top, that fourth position. You're not going to put your mortgage on any of these teams to do it. Obviously, one of them has to get the fourth place, but it's almost going to be a case of slipping over the line, uh, line and a race to the bottom. <laughs> I just like this is this is another banana skin for Spurs. Um the fact that they're away as well, I know it's only across London, but I just there's something about this this Brentford team. Obviously they've they don't have much to play for in that they're they're a mid table team at the minute. They're not looking up or down. But um I don't know. There's there's just something about Spurs that's uh, again, like Arsenal, a little bit iffy. Um they could win three 0 they could lose three 0 David, what do you think of this one? Yeah
2: yeah I, I think this is i'm going to this game you know so um and, and interestingly um you know ethan pinnock who's who's been a rock at the back for them he's probably out um so that's a hole they have to fill um I, i'm of the, a slightly different opinion i've seen brentford so much right and uh, i watched them against watford in december and they beat them and they were ninth ninth at the time right and i said they played chelsea in the cup the next game and i said I think they'll get relegated, and they. Everyone laughed at me. They had so many flaws in their game, Brentford. They lost seven of the next eight. Before Ericsson came, they were getting 0.44 points a game. They were destined for the drop. Make no mistake. Um, he's coming. He's completely rejuvenated them, you know. And Ivan Tony, and suddenly, you know, you we used to see videos of Ivan Tony, you know bad-mouthing the club and, and this that and the other because obviously he was not happy and, and they were they were down I'm telling you they were down or very close to going down as it is you know with Ericsson they've they, they, he has had an incredible impact and and it'll be it'll be really interesting how he plays against Tottenham because obviously he will hold Tottenham in in a, a, in such regard whether he will I don't know whether that will impact on him in terms of how he plays you know being at that club and everything he's gone through to be against them so it, it, it will be fascinating I, I think tottenham will win this one um but i think i think uh um I, th- I think the likes of you know tony rejuvenated but i think they'll miss ethan pinnock at the back
1: The uh, other Sunday kickoffs we've already spoken about Arsenal, Man United At 2 o'clock, it's Chelsea versus West Ham. That's live on Sky Sports. It's also live on Off the Ball with Stephen Doyle and Vinnie Perth on commentary duty on News Talk. And then Liverpool-Everton is uh, the third game of the day, which kicks off um, also on Off the Ball on News Talk with Nathan and Brian Kerr. And you can watch that on Sky Sports too. Chelsea against West Ham is one of those fixtures that we thought might have particular relevance for the Champions League. I do wonder, David, if West Ham are now a little bit uh, regretful about the fact that they seem to have put their eggs in the Champions League basket by, through Europa League qualification rather than going all out in the league when all the teams around them have suddenly started to drop points again and again and again. Like, actually, one, one win for West Ham in the last few games, one result going the other way, and they'd be right there for fourth.
2: Yeah I think you're absolutely right however they probably you know cannot I wouldn't say cannot believe where they are but but you know for a club to be to be uh, with such limited european experience although I think they've got better or certainly got better players than leon leon considered you know previous champions league etc but nonetheless the wage bill west ham have they probably should be beating leon as it is I think the turnaround from european to club football has probably just been a bit too much for them after the Lord Mayor show kind of thing. Um, but, you know, the, the drop points against Burnley, I think Zuma's out. I think they've only got Craig Dawson fit at the back. Um, and you'd expect a response from Chelsea. So I, I I got a feeling this might be another defeat for West Ham in the league.
1: And it doesn't really matter anymore, given that uh, if, if they were to win the Europa League, that is an absolutely seismic moment in the history of the club.
2: Yeah, exactly. And you cannot, uh, you know, underestimate that. Because... I was at the Olympic Stadium last season when they qualified, and David Moyes did a speech out on the pitch, and he, you know, he said, "Right, everyone, bring your passports. We're going to Europe." You know, this kind of thing, like on holiday. And you know, for West Ham, it's been some some journey. Um, so to still be competing with that very shallow squad, I mean, it's they've got kind of like 14 players. You know, they haven't got much more than that. So um, he's got his starting 11, and and a couple of others to come on Mark Noble maybe Yarmolenko the odd times the, the depth of it is, is is pretty minimal you know so he's done brilliantly
1: Liverpool versus Everton is the final game on Sunday afternoon Shane what do you think is going to happen here can Everton do anything to uh, derail the unstoppable Liverpool juggernaut
0: yeah, like the, the pressure's kind of come on to Everton at the minutes with that um, that win for Burn or for uh, for Burnley over Southampton last night. You, all of a sudden, you're, you're like you see them stretch that gap to four, back to one now. All of a sudden, looking over their shoulders again. <laughs> but then you, the, there's a couple of positive points for, for Everton. You had, uh, Frank Lampard speaking glowingly about Deli Ali after the, the the most recent win and like apparently training very well. The, the, the subs that came on in that uh, most recent win for them, or the sorry, the draw against Leicester. Kind of made the difference. Solomon Rondon as well played really, really well. But like we have to remember, we're trying to make an argument here that Everton can go and derail Liverpool's title bid at Anfield. Like you can kind of romantically and magically uh, think about it in advance of the United game as well. Like but, both Manchester United and Everton supporters would be thinking before going into these games. Wouldn't it be great if we could derail Liverpool's title bid? But um, although the desire might be there, the reality is much different because. I mean, <laughs> You, you look at the you look at the Everton starting eleven. It's just nowhere near the, the the where Liverpool's is at at the minute. When you see Salah in form, you see Luis Diaz in form as well. Yeah. How do you stop these guys? Um, and Frank Lampard's got he's, he's got a job on his hands. I just can't see them like Dom Calvert Lewin as well is out for two weeks. He got injured in training. You've still got that front three. Anthony Gordon played okay during the week. Richarlison is probably the man they have to look to for goals. Uh, Damari Gray as well. I don't know like the midfield is where is where Everton struggles sometimes yeah. Fabian Delf and Alan were, were quite per midweek but I, you just can't see you can't see any argument for for them picking up any points in this one especially with the pressure on now as well with with, uh, with Burnley right over their shoulder
1: the only the only argument that I can make David is that whenever um, it's not this isn't a Man United situation Everton have always realised that uh, bringing the physical exchanges into the game is something that is a prerequisite for them and it has clearly gone too far in the past you know the injury to Virgil van Dijk was a, a real shocker um, and I'm presuming that's going to also be in Liverpool's mind a little bit that's the only thing that I can think of here is that Everton bring a physical intensity to this game and Liverpool are thinking We're, we want to win the Champions League here you know uh, and so it might slow down Liverpool not to the point that they're going to lose this game not maybe even to the point that they're going to draw this game but it, it shouldn't be a cakewalk that's my
2: that's the only argument I can make and it's not even a great one.
1: Oh, you're on mute there, David.
2: Yeah, sorry sorry, the only thing I'd say is um, on that if you go back to the Leicester point, if you go back to the United game, they had just say they had 30% of the ball, right? Everton and they're going to probably have 30% of the ball. Liverpool with 70, I think would score two or three goals. You know, so that that'll be the difference, and they're just an unstoppable force at the minute. And, and I can't see I can't see Everton being able to absorb the amount of pressure that they have. Uh, it's it's just not going to happen. So uh, I, I, I can just see another Liverpool victory
1: yeah I think I think that's certainly what everybody else is seeing at the moment as well a reminder the football kick off with Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sport we do a a -a 5-a-side every week where we ask you on Instagram uh, who would start in your 5-a-side team we put players uh, in the matches that we're talking about up against each other it was Ramsdale versus De Gea De Gea won this one um, I do think that in the long run uh, we're going to see Ramsdale be more valuable to his team as a goalkeeper who you can do more stuff with but anyway Pontus Jansen versus Ben Davis Jansen won that one uh, N'Golo Kante versus Declan Rice Kante won that one and I do wonder if that's a little bit on reputation because uh, his form this season has not been as good as it has been in previous seasons uh, Mares versus Emmanuel Dennis Mares won that one and Salah versus Richarlison well that was a landslide on behalf of Mo Salah who's the best player in World Football at the moment so you uh, probably don't begrudge him that uh, folks enjoy the games this week thanks a million that's this week's edition of the football kickoff with Sky as I said all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports see you next Friday take care
0: the football kickoff with Sky watch every single live Premier League game on Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports